Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 22. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. First, I want to say thank you so much for listening and for all the great feedback I've gotten. It's so nice to hear that you're enjoying the show, that you like what I'm teaching, that you see how it's different. That is really awesome. And I want to give shout outs to Jamie and Steve, Kathy and Kanisha for your reviews and ratings. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. I read them. They inspire me. And they also are really important to the show. They help people see the show, help more people get to, you know, notice it. And I just really appreciate all your support and help to get the word out that the show is here and to let people know that it exists. So what you will learn today is a summary of what we've learned so far in the episodes that I've taught to this point, the first 21 episodes. I'm gonna talk about where the next bubbles and cycles are because I got some questions about that. There seems to be a little bit of confusion or just questions. And I'm also going to share with you the next steps for you to take to build wealth. So what exactly are you to do and what, what are the next steps for you? So first I just wanna say, I have a different perspective than most financial experts. As America's Wealth Mentor, that means I can come at wealth building from any perspective. It's not just limited to stocks and bonds, traditional investments. What I do is instead of coming from the investment world, which is where I used to be, I'm coming at it from the perspective of if people are going to build wealth and I can make an impact in the world with people, to help them build more wealth, what's the best way for them to build the wealth? What is going to make the biggest difference in their wealth building? And I'm gonna look at every option available and tell you where the best options are for you to build wealth. And it's gonna be based on this point in history where we are at this particular time and cycle. It's going to be based on what bubbles are out there and what opportunities are there to build wealth. It's also going to look at it from a classic perspective of where in history have been the best places to build wealth and where have most millionaires made their money? And those are the questions I'm asking. I'm not looking at it from how can I show you how to build the best stock portfolio? Okay, that to me would be a very limited view of wealth building. My perspective is of all the abilities to build wealth, What are the best ones for you that I see that are the least risky, that are the least effort, and that will give you the most impact? So that's the perspective that I have in mind. It's different from probably anybody else out there. People are coming from different places. This is the perspective I wanted to come from, from an educational perspective. What is the best way for you to build wealth? So, you know, one of the things that I'm telling you about is 
that business is one of the best places to build wealth. And I keep mentioning that 77% of the wealthy have created their wealth by owning a business. Why is that important to you? Because if it is a proven and one of the best methods for building wealth, then I don't want you to miss out on that. And even if you're in corporate, I'm gonna show you some ways that you can do this part-time, on the side, automated, so that you can have some income and net worth being built for you in your own business. I think with the internet, we're at that point where you don't need to, you don't need to be in a business full time. You can do this part time and you can ease into it. And if you want to do it sometime full full time someday, that's great. But I think you can ease into it and I think you can just look at where are the best businesses, what are the best models for you to build wealth. So that's why I recorded the sessions on Create Your Luxury Brand and talked about luxury branding because I also believe if you're going to have a business that you should work with the high-end market. And I think that's going to make it more fun, more profitable, and easier for your business uh, rather than trying to be mass market, although there's opportunity there too. But it's just my my own perspective on what I think would be best for your business, especially if you're doing this part-time. So I found that businesses were actually one of the best places to build wealth, so that has to be included in your wealth building if you're serious about wealth building. And I'm not asking you to start or invest in a risky startup, okay? Nowhere in any of these sessions have I talked about investing in a risky startup or someone else's startup. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ability for you to automate a business and use your experience, your knowledge to create products perhaps uh, to actually sell those products online in an automated way that you can do the work once and get paid for the rest of your life. So that's what I'm talking about with a business. I am not talking about investing in startups, okay? I just wanna clear that up. So we're going to have you have a part-time business, yes. But again, it's gonna be very low risk, very low investment. Um, it's completely different than investing in startups or being an angel investor or anything like that. So that is not what I'm talking about. All right, so I also talk about having business and your investments together as the strongest way to build wealth. And I call it wealth building on steroids, kind of jokingly, but that's what I call the twin pillars of wealth building. It's investing like billionaires, which is understanding bubbles and cycles and where to invest. And then it's creating your luxury brand business, which is your part-time business or full-time if you're an entrepreneur, working with high-end clients and doing the work and having it automated and collecting income for the rest of your life. So that's where we're going with this, okay? And I also include your mindset with all of this, all right? I think it's so important that you work on how you think, and I work on how I think all the time. It was one of the foundational things that when I studied millionaires, I saw that they all do. And that is they, they, they work on staying positive. They work on feeding their brain information and recreating the thoughts in their subconscious and and removing limiting beliefs and it's really about just understanding the power our mind has and unleashing that power 
So absolutely, I'm going to be talking about mindset, and some of it's kind of woo-woo, some of it's kind of out there, but a lot of it's scientific. And so it's very, very interesting uh, information, and I want you to apply that and be thinking differently while we're doing these other things with your investments and your business. I want you to also be thinking different. So, because I really think that your mindset is the foundation of all wealth. So, we also have talked about bubbles and cycles. In episode 14 on the greatest wealth transfer in history, if you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to that. Because if you want to know what I think about where the next cycle is and the next bubble, I talk about it in that episode 14. So, I want you to... Um, understand that interest rates are an important part of this whole scenario with investing, that interest rates are really a key factor here. And one of the things that we see in cycles is that cycles move, especially for interest rates, in about a 30-year, 30 32-33-year cycle for bonds. And so therefore, we're wary about investing in a big way in bonds because we see the risk, the potential that um, interest rates increasing can have on being negative toward bonds. And just, you know, the main takeaway I want you to get is that if you're looking in the rearview mirror, if you're looking in history at the last 20 years at the bond market, and you're thinking, this is a great investment, look how safe it's been, look how incredible the returns have been, look how low the risk has been, that that is not going to repeat in the future, in my opinion, because of how cycles work. And that was created, that whole historical performance was created because interest rates were declining. Now we're in a rising interest rate cycle we're going into that, that's going to mean the opposite for bonds. So I just want you to understand why some investments have performed well in the past and why I believe they're not the right place for the future. And I think logically, if you can connect that that it's interest rates that drove the value of bonds up, you can see that it just is impossible because interest rates at 3% or 2% cannot decline enough to give bonds that positive return for the next 20 years. So I just want you to really understand why bonds had great performance in the past, but they're likely not to perform that way in the future. And what also is happening right now is the uh, is in Europe, we are having right now as I speak, uh, interest rates go negative which means that savings accounts are actually going to be costing you something and you're not going to be earning interest in them, which is going to, in my opinion, cause a lot of people to go out of savings accounts and interest-bearing accounts and probably into the stock market, maybe into dividend-paying stocks, because they need to get some yield. So it's going to force them out of the bond market into the stock market, which, you know, I'm expecting a correction in the stock market. I think we've gone high without getting a pullback, but I think we're going to have a serious pullback. And then from there, uh, we're going to have money flood into the stock market because people are going to have to go somewhere to get yield. So I think then the stock market can actually take off after this big setback that we'll have. I think it actually can take off 
and uh, be very interesting to watch that. But there's going to be no place else for money to go, really, that is in pensions and uh, needs to be invested somewhere for yield. You know, a lot of those pension plans have to get an 8% return. They're required by law to get an 8% return. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see, but they're, they're going to have to go somewhere to get that yield, and it's not going to be in the bond market. I also think that real estate is nearing a peak in the next year that we have uh, interest rates have come down so far that's buoyed real estate but there's still a lot of problems with real estate we still have a lot of foreclosures that have not come back on the market that is going to flood the supply but they've been held off which is held back the supply and meanwhile the demand has been there and there's been no supply so prices have been rising um, interest rates have been held down artificially and that has buoyed real estate prices. But as soon as real est- as soon as interest rates go up, that will negatively affect real estate as well. And we're going to see another 2007 type crisis only worse in real estate be- because this is where people have their equity. It's the last place that they have to get money from and they're going to be selling their homes in mass, I think, to to unlock the money, the gains that they have in their real estate and be able to get the money out of it. So I think there's going to be more houses up for sale. I think interest rates is going to slow down the real estate market, but I don't think we'll see that till for another year, till late 2015. And we also have the U.S. dollar in a bubble. We have many countries de-dollarizing. We have Russia, China, India, Brazil, the BRIC countries that are starting to use other forms of trade rather than the dollar. Uh, That's already happened now. And we're definitely seeing the U.S. dollar being less attractive. Um, So the fact that the government has printed so much, it's causing a a currency bubble. And basically, we have a bubble in our currency that we're going to have to pay the piper on. You see, right now, with interest rates low, it's not really that big of a deal when we have debt. I mean, it is, but it doesn't appear to be because it, it's not so disruptive. But as soon as interest rates go up and our debt starts accumulating even faster because the interest on it is getting higher now, that is going to cause some real problems. So interest rates are going to impact real estate negatively, the bond market negatively, um, and the dollar, um, the debt bubble negatively. So that will impact the dollar negatively. So I've talked about precious metals being the next wealth builder to create wealth. And that will be because of this currency bubble that precious metals, I believe, will be uh, the place to be probably until 2017, something like that, when this whole crisis comes to a huge head. And we really need to keep our eye on the Fed and interest rates. That's really going to be the key, is watching the Fed, watching interest rates, and um, keep your eye on the Fed, okay? That's the key, keep your eye on the Fed. I don't know if you remember when the Fed raised rates before, you remember that rant on TV that Jim Cramer had, and they were, you know, he was saying, they know nothing, and pounding the table, they know nothing. Well, and that was played over and over and over on TV. Well, that was because that was the last time that the Fed raised rates and caused the crisis of 2007, 2008. So 
this is what happens when they raise rates. And this is what's going to happen uh, again in the future. We have this once again coming up and um, that cycle will, will hit around the, the end of 2015. So we've got about another year before all that happens. So in my opinion, this is a great time to start getting ready to sell real estate. This is not a great time to be jumping into buy real estate at record prices or near record prices uh, in some cities. It's a time to be thinking about selling while the market's good, while rates are low, before this crisis hits. So if you're thinking about it, I want you to think opposite of what the masses are thinking. The masses are all jumping in, buying real estate, thinking it's going to go up forever, thinking this is the great investment. No, it's not. It's a factor of interest rates. And as soon as interest rates start to rise, then it's really going to be detrimental to real estate prices. So uh, that's you know the economic outlook that I have and what I'm thinking of for bubbles and cycles and things for you to consider. And again, don't take my word for it. Just start your research, but start doing some reading and research for yourself. Don't just watch CNBC and listen to the talking heads because you've got you know people on one side that are telling you do this and then people on the other side are telling you don't do this. And they do that on purpose because they don't want to give you a a perspective of what to do. They're showing all sides and then letting you choose. Well, you can go crazy just watching that show. So I don't even watch it anymore because it's too much of that. I really like to follow experts that, you know, the billionaires follow. And I also watch where billionaires are investing. So I have my own places that I look for research, but I don't want to just be listening to the talking heads on CNBC. It really doesn't get you anywhere. (laughs) So all my life, I've been searching for the answer on how do you become wealthy and why are some people rich? And, you know, I wanted to know what was the best way to build wealth. And what I really discovered was something that I didn't learn in the financial industry. And that was that everything moves in repeating cycles. And that is a tremendous secret in life because it's actually... Um, it's actually much bigger than the stock market. It's actually about how the whole universe works and the world works because there's over 4,000 cycles that have been identified. And these cycles repeat in, in every, you know, in, in so many ways and in so many things. So it's much, much, much bigger. It's actually uh, quite cosmic. If you start looking into that, it's quite interesting. But I didn't learn it in a classroom or in my work experience. I had to compile this information for myself, and it was revealed to me over a period of years of research and study. But I hope I've shed light on how wealth works and how it grows and how you become wealthy. And I hope that you see it's within your grasp, that the decision is yours to become wealthy, and that it starts you know, with the six steps to wealth that we've talked about, with your mindset first, with then saving a nest egg, finding a mentor, uh, investing in a money engine, compounding at a high rate, and then protecting your wealth. And as always, the place to start is with your mindset and with affirmations. Like I talked about on episode 21, we started talking about affirmations and how to do them my style with the already true statements in between. So I want you to write your affirmations on index cards, keep them next to your bed, in your purse, wherever, in your desk, everywhere. Say them before bed and after you wake up 
And it's like advertising. The more repetition, the more it's going to help you change your limiting beliefs. And then I want you to work on your opportunity costs and your spending. I want you to understand the ability you have to invest and create wealth and understand that every choice you make with spending means you're not going to be investing that money somewhere. So I want you to really understand opportunity cost and how wealth is within your ability, but it's your decision. And uh, this is what I believe in instead of budgets. I believe that understanding opportunity cost and really getting focused about your wealth building and what is within your perspective and get your spouse on the same page. And you can. It's absolutely possible to get your spouse on the same page. With clients I've worked with, we had, I've had the wife the spender, the husband the saver, the wife the saver, the husband the spender, either way, and I've had them come together, some of them after 25 years of marriage and they were never on the same page and we got them on the same page just by understanding opportunity cost and your goals and what you really want what's your picture for the future where do you want to be how are you going to retire do you want to be in the mountains in a ski resort or do you want to be on the beach do you want to have two homes or one do you want to travel or are you going to you know how are you going to do that are you going to be in an rv or are you going to be you know by plane and going international So these are the kinds of questions you really have to sit down and answer and get really focused on what you want and what your goals are. And then from there, you can go out and start planning what it is that you want and use your money in a way that's going to further you toward your goal. But when we when we don't have that, what we do is we get all caught up in just spending in the everyday spending, you know, and spending just because it's impulsive and it's there. And gosh, you know, that $2,000 handbag looks really great and boom, you know, all of a sudden that could have been an investment in something that would grow and now it's just a depreciating asset. So understanding all of these things and getting on the same page, have your spouse listen to my show, have both of you get on the same page, listen to the Opportunity Cost um, podcast, number 10, and really understand what is spending versus investing and where are you going with your decisions because that's what's going to create your future wealth and then i want you to consider a luxury brand business to create some extra income and to create an extra asset for you this is a side business or if you're already an entrepreneur then consider upgrading your brand perhaps to maybe a luxury business and working with the high end uh, and being able to charge more i want you to look at precious metals and you know, consider how great a buying opportunity we have right now in silver and gold. And, you know, silver is my favorite. It's uh, Eric Sprott, the billionaire, his favorite. It's, he's called it the investment of the decade. I think he's going to be right. And I just think that there's tremendous opportunity to build wealth. So look at picking up some silver and every ounce of silver that you get could increase you know multiple times over the next three to five years so just consider that start researching that start seeing where you can loosen up some money from some other areas so that you can make an investment in silver and again please research more don't do anything just because I've mentioned it to you I want you to start doing research and finally watch for signs of cycle peaks Pay attention to the signs that I've described. Pay attention to interest rates. Understand that when a peak frenzy is coming, you don't want to get caught up in it. And we're sort of in that peak frenzy. We're getting close to the peak frenzy, 
in real estate and you know realize that it's probably closer to an all-time high than it is to a low so you want to really be aware of where are people investing where are the crowds investing why are they investing and how does that look in the future you know again all my life in the investment industry we talked about the rearview mirror but the thing we really missed was talking about the future and looking forward to what is going to be doing well in the future and why and if we are going to have interest rates go back up we are going to have some issues with some of the investments that are doing well now so start thinking about that and start looking at looking forward instead of just in the rearview mirror and past performance and don't wait to become wealthy start today you know other people have created fortunes who started later than you who were older than you who had less than you, and there's no reason for you not to have what you want. There's no reason for you not to have the wealth that you wanna create. And I wanna encourage you that you can do it, that you can do it. You may not believe it right now 100%, but start doing the things I've laid out for you. Start with your mindset, and really just start today to get moving in the direction that you want and believe in your highest outcome for every decision that you make daily. So I just really want you to start today and you don't have to even fully believe that you can have the wealth today. Just start working on your mindset, start working on your belief system, your affirmations. It will help you change those limiting beliefs. It will help you see what's possible for you because there are people that are older than you that built tremendous wealth and there's people that had less than you so if that's true then it's true for you that it's possible for you to build wealth too so i just want you to take off those limiting beliefs and i want you to really really start to go for it i want you i'm you know i'm here for you and my shows are here for you and i want you to just get encouragement here that you can do this and get your spouse or significant other on the same page with you have them listen to and really together, you can do this. You can do this. Get them involved as well. Get them on your team and get them on the same page with you. So your action step for today is now that you understand that wealth comes from the choices you make and from bubbles and cycles and from your mindset and all of these things we've been talking about over the first 21 episodes, what are three things you're going to change to improve your finances? So for example, are you gonna work on your mindset? Are you gonna reduce debt by understanding opportunity cost? Are you going to invest in silver or gold? Are you gonna pay extra on your mortgage? Are you gonna start a business for extra income? What are those three things that you want to do to start building wealth? And put those in your wealth journal. All right, so good, you're on your way. Remember, to get different results, you've gotta change what you're doing. So. Put those three actions down and then we'll put those, we'll start to put those changes in motion. And I suggest that you write affirmations around those three things as well. So you have positive thoughts with already true statements in between, right? You know how to do it my way, and uh, which is the most effective way. And uh, just start with those three. And for, um, we'll just keep moving forward with some, some additional things with that, all right? But what you learned today was kind of a summary of everything we've been talking about and learned so far, where the next bubbles and cycles are, and what the next steps are for you to build wealth. 
And I'm so encouraged that people are signing up for the 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset at BeWealthyAndSmart.com. If you have struggled with your mindset, if you're ready to get more from me on how to change those limiting beliefs, come on over to BeWealthyAndSmart.com and we'll give you 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset, which are little emails with videos and audios and little free reports from me to you. And just getting rid of those limiting beliefs is going to really help move you forward. So come on over to BeWealthyAndSmart.com and get your free 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset. All right, everyone, that's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.